welcome to another episode of BD Accelerator. We have a very special guest here today, our communications coordinator, Beth Jarvie. Hello, and thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Why don't we begin with a little bit about what you do, what your role is, and if you could just introduce yourself in general. Sure. So Beth Jarvie, like you said, I am a communications coordinator at the Keller Center within the School of Engineering. And my role is just to make sure the message of what's going on at this center is out for the public to digest. I write a weekly bulletin slash newsletter, and I handle all of our social media channels. So like Allison said, we are so excited to have you here. We'd love to hear a little bit more about the social media. So what goes into creating all of the content for that? And how do you stay on top of everything? Since we know it's a super demanding job that requires a lot of posting at all times. There's a lot of scrolling involved as well. So I do usually spend about a half an hour to an hour a day looking at other people's social media accounts and sort of staying engaged by liking, commenting, and reposting things. I also you know, it's been difficult over the last year and a half having engaging content because I'm not on campus. So that's been a bit of a challenge, but luckily my community and our friends and family have been sharing things and getting better at taking quality selfies so that I can share them out. So, you know, it's also about staying connected to my community. So I know when something exciting is happening with one of our internship hosts or with an alum and I like to stay connected so that I can share out what's going on. And that's usually the bulk of my social media is, is really about what's going on in, within our community of entrepreneurs and innovators. Yes, and you do a wonderful job keeping track of everything. Really, really impressive. So could you go into a little bit more about your typical work day? Lots of scrolling, lots of posting. Give me everything. I usually spend the first hour or so going through things like other newsletters that I subscribe to and other higher ed universities and colleges and what they're doing and what's happening with them. So, And I'm looking for things that I will share out in our bulletin that will go out later in the week. So that's sort of first and foremost. Then I will check all of our social media accounts, see what's going on. And then it's usually, depending on the day, I'll be meeting with my colleagues or I'll be interviewing students or whoever I'm going to be featuring in an article. I'll do my interviews. And then the latter part of the day is usually spent writing or formatting. So it sounds like you have some super busy days. Is this similar or different to maybe a typical workday for jobs you've had before? And how did you end up with this role? Before I was at the Keller Center, I worked in the School of Engineering and the Electrical Engineering Department for about six years as a faculty coordinator. And then I came down to the Keller Center. Each of the roles that I've had at the Keller Center have been very engaging and uh, but in very different ways. So I started at the center 15 years ago as a, I was assistant to all the faculty members and I was assistant to our academic coordinator. I did all of the events and I started at that point doing some communication work sort of on the side. We didn't have a newsletter. We had no social media accounts. And I just slowly started leaning more into that. Then I solely was doing events and communication for a while. And then now I'm just in this communication space, but 
our communications channels have just grown exponentially since I've come in. All thanks to you. We've had wonderful social media channels from the bulletin to Instagram. So congratulations. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about what you did before you entered the Keller Center. I believe you were involved with a company called Go Be Nice. So Go Be Nice is more of a movement that I started on my 50th birthday. I asked people instead of sending me gifts or uh, going to a big party to go out in the world and do nice things for each other, whether it's for your kid or your husband or your wife or your family or your friends or a total stranger. And then to tell those stories to me on my birthday. So I gave them, you know, I think I started it maybe six months before my birthday. And I had some amazing, amazing stories that came out of that. I had people buy me, you know, like goats in Africa gave, you know, that were then shared with villages in Africa. And they were just incredible stories. And once I got this sort of energy and this really great feel good stuff going on. I really didn't want to let it go. So I just, I just started a Facebook page and I just share as much as I can of the stories that I hear or things that I do in hopes that people will then share them back with me. That is absolutely so inspiring. And I guess going back to your busy days currently, you also do a lot outside of the Keller Center. Would you like to tell me a little bit more about the things you do on the side? So my side hustle uh, is I'm a doula. And if you don't know what that is, it is a birth and pregnancy coach and support system for women and families having babies. So um, I'm sort of like the auntie that comes in uh, when you get pregnant and you have all these questions to ask and you want somebody to hold your hand while you're going through labor. But I'm trained and um, I have learned over the years lots of techniques to help make birth the most positive experience for women and their families. And so I currently have nine dual babies that I've helped their moms bring them into the world. And I have very close connections to all the families that I've worked with. That is so sweet. And what kind of, what inspired you to become a doula? I've always been interested in childbirth and I had thought about becoming a midwife, but again, I already have a career and I have I had children I was raising at the time and it was just kind of a big ticket item to go into that space. But the dual work was, you know, prepping and being certified was a little less time consuming. I think I was inspired by, I have a daughter and she has a, a pretty wide group of women in her life. And these young women sort of inspired me that I was, I wanted to get certified so that I could help them when they made the choice to start their families. And I'm lucky enough that I've already helped three of her friends with their births. That's so wonderful. So we'd love to hear more about how you've kind of brought all of that positive energy into your role at the eLab and maybe what some of your favorite parts of the eLab or of your work at the eLab have been. Oh, absolutely. So I love the energy at the eLab and it is a very positive place, even when things are crazy busy and kind of feeling frantic and chaotic. It's a very positive energy and the young people that are there and their passion, their creativity and their drive is a huge inspiration for me. So 
it's been very hard the last two years that it's been remote and I haven't physically been able to go into that space and get all that great energy. But what I love is, you know, I still have relationships with so many of the students that have graduated from that program because of the intensity of that 10 weeks and you get in there and you really do create some very strong bonds and relationships. And so I love the idea of networking these people together and being sort of, again, the eLab is a hub, right? And I think that the staff members at, at the Keller Center are folks in that hub to help connect everybody together. So I love that part of it. And I love staying connected. I just, I just spoke with one of our eLab grads from 2017 and we're still connected and he's on the on the West Coast, but we check in a couple times a year and he's still working on his still working on his company. And it's, it's, it's incredibly inspiring. Why wouldn't I want to be in that environment? Lovely, lovely. And one of my favorite things with eLab is the weekly bulletin. So I know you're in charge of that. Tell me more about the bulletin. Like what goes into the naming of them? There have been really interesting names recently. Like it's not the heat. Oh, wait, yes, it is. And also the one most recently, which is, man cannot live by bread alone. He must have peanut butter, which is a quote by James Garfield. So please tell me tell me more about where you get your inspiration. So I'm kind of a silly person. And I think humor is really important to gather people together. So uh, I after I write the bulletin, I think one of my favorite parts is when I start to do the subject line, and that means I'm sort of at the end of the process. And when I'm coming up with those subject lines, I do want them to be playful and fun because I think that that initial, that's that's like, you know, my foot in the door with people. Are they going to open this bulletin or not? And I think that when there's some humor and there's some playfulness, I think that helps. So I do try to and I have done research and that, you know, I do find that my more playful subject lines get opened more than the ones that are a little more serious. And we do, I do have to be serious sometimes. It's all, it's all based on the content of, of the bulletin. The bread alone thing was because I did two feature articles about bread. So that makes sense, right? So yeah, I'm just a little silly and I like to be playful. And I think that that creates a welcoming space for so have you always done this with the bulletins or how has your process writing the bulletin, making the title, finding all the feature articles, how has that changed since you first started at the eLab and how has eLab as a whole changed since you've been there? First, I just want to say that the, the bulletin is the Keller Center, not just about the eLab, right? So the bulletin has morphed and changed many, many times since I started writing it. About five years ago, I started doing sort of updates. I think they were just emails and it sort of morphed and that would be like maybe once a semester, I would send something out and then it gradually grew that we had so much content that I needed to do this once a week. The format has changed. We've gone, you know, to a platform that is for sending out newsletters instead of just doing it through email. So it's all changed and we'll have a new fresh look and feel of the bulletin this fall. So it'll always be morphing and changing. I think that's an important part of any communication is that you have to keep it fresh. You have to keep it inviting. So I don't think I would ever say, oh, we're done, you know, innovating or updating the bulletin. It's, it's, it's a fluid thing. The eLab, on the other hand, how much that's grown and changed over the 10 years that we've been providing that program is just amazing. I mean, we, we went from utilizing um, 
a space in the H-wing that was so far, you know, down in the caverns of the H-wing that we used to say that Rutgers University was closer to that classroom than Princeton was. Like that's how far afield it was. And kids would get lost all the time. And we had one small room in the back of the H-wing of the engineering school. Now we have a whole building and we have incredible co-working space. We have incredibly fun downtime space. We have a great event space. We have a lot of good technology there that students can use. And we have offices there. So our staff are right there involved and our faculty are right there involved with the students at all times. And I think that's really important. When we're in the H-Wing, the students would be downstairs working on their own and there wasn't any interaction with the staff as much. So because of Stephanie Lander's support, drive, passion, it has grown and an advanced student entrepreneurship tenfold. That is absolutely incredible. And Stephanie will actually be one of our special guests. So listeners, keep an eye out for that. Anyway, we talked a lot about eLab and your role as communications coordinator. Now I want to get into just like being on Princeton's campus. Obviously, we're not there right now, but could you tell me a little bit more about your favorite restaurants on NASA, maybe some of your favorite stores? Well, it's been a year and a half since I had to go get lunch, but I would say my go-to place for lunch is Hoagie Haven. You get a number 22 with Sanchez sauce. You want to do your research, figure out what that is. That'd be great. Let's see. And I love the Bent Spoon, one of my very, very favorite places to go. And then shopping. I'm not a giant shopper. You know, I love Mandalay if I need to get a gift for someone. Understood. Understood. One of my favorite stores is Green Street. It's a consignment store right on Nassau. And I just went this past weekend. I got this absolutely gorgeous color block sweater perfect for like late fall it's like pink which is my favorite color so what what are your thoughts on thrifting oh my gosh I've been thrifting since high school I love Green Street there's one in Princeton there's also one in New Hope which is awesome and yeah very very favorite place to go also a good lunch spot for me <laughs> yeah. So what have been your favorite thrift finds? So at Green Street, I got a beautiful pair of fry boots that were barely used. They usually go for hundreds of dollars and I got them for not hundreds of dollars. So those fry boots I live in. Yeah, that was probably my best find. So I mean, that's really hard. I mean, really, it's a lifetime of thrifting. I'm sure, I'm sure I've gotten great buys in the past, but they're my most recent great That's buys. awesome. I think thrifting has really been coming back recently. Some kids now pretty much only thrift. So I'm definitely gonna have to check out Green Street soon. I also have become recently aware that you're a big Star Wars fan. I am also a huge Star Wars fan. I have a lot of memorabilia and I try to watch the movies as much as I can. So can you talk a little bit about your love for Star Wars? Star Wars was the first movie my ex-husband and I saw together. And then we just started collecting every single Star Wars things. Both my kids are big Star Wars fans. It's just like, I can't even explain. It's just been part of my life, my entire life. I think the stories are just beautiful, understandable, relatable stories for that anybody can take something away from. And each time I, I watch them, I take something different away, depending on where I am in my life, right? I love them. I, lo I, just, I just love it. Again, it's playful. It's got some, it's some serious stuff going on, but there's a playfulness to it that resonates with me. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. And I would like to inform our listeners that Beth just put on <laughs> a Luke Skywalker battle simulation helmet. So that's pretty cool. Might have to get one of those myself. So just thank you so much for telling us a little bit about you and a little bit about your role at the Keller Center and involvement with the eLab. We really appreciate you being on this podcast and it was so wonderful talking to you. So thank you for being here. Well, right back at you girls. I have to say you guys are making my job a lot easier this summer. So I really appreciate your passion and your immediate love for what we're doing here.